This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. All right, time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. And good morning, Simeon. Can I just say I am totally shocked. I'm still picking myself up off the floor at the news about the World Cup. Oh, are you? Are you the only one? (laughs) I mentioned my sarcasm habit. Uh, Yeah, uh, thanks to the mayor of Toronto here, Olivia Chow, she came out this week and told local taxpayers that, you know, she supports the World Cup coming to Toronto. She wants to make it clear, but she thinks it's only fair to tell taxpayers in Toronto that it's going to cost $80 million more than they were told initially. So there's an overrun. Big surprise. Um, Gee, I wonder if there's going to be an overrun here in British Columbia on what we were told. That thought semi-occurred to a bunch of reporters in Victoria yesterday, and a a whole media scrum descended on the minister in charge, Alana Popham. This has been an ongoing thing, though, Vaughn, right? Like from the very beginning, that was the reason why the B.C. government said no to begin with. Like, we know it's going to be expensive, so just tell us what this is. Uh, That would be uh, the sort of thing that is reasonable. And a full credit to John Horgan. He said he took a look at the contract from FIFA, which is one of these grasping international organizations that is a rule unto itself. And he went, it's a blank check and we're not interested. And he said, no. Well, then everybody turned around. Uh, The usual suspects, I think, descended on the government talking about the enormous benefits to be reaped uh, from hosting the World Cup. And the New Democrats turned around and they now support it. But the question to Popham yesterday was, how much? You know, if Toronto is going to be paying more, uh, what's it going to be here in B.C.? Well, It's reassuring to discover, uh, Sammy, that uh, the B.C. government does have a ballpark estimate. Oh, do they? How much? Yes. Yes. The government, Sammy, the government wouldn't walk (laughs) into one of these things without a business plan and some idea what it was going to cost. You cynic. Of course they have a ballpark (laughs) estimate. They know. It's been discussed, no doubt, at Treasury Board, which is the branch of the finance ministry that actually scrutinizes government spending. So uh, she disclosed that. Yes, yes, we have a ballpark estimate. So uh, the reporter asked, uh, what is it? A fair question. You know, have you got enough journalism training? You know the follow-up, right? What is it? Oh, she can't tell us that. She can't share the number with the public. No, why would you want to share a number? Why would you want to do that? That would give it all away, wouldn't it? So anyway, um, the BC uh, United Party spotted something in the budget uh, way down in the fine print. Uh, Remember, we've been talking about those giant contingency funds that the uh, New Democrats set aside in the budget. There's oh, $3 yeah, billion dollars unallocated. And in the fine print, some of that money will go to pay the cost of hosting the World Cup. Oh. So we got $3 billion. I can't possibly exceed that. Even a cynic like me wouldn't expect that. So I guess at some point we'll get the price tag. It would be nice if they told us before 
the events arrive here than after. But again, I, I sort of look over the what we have been told. Uh, oh, the stadium needs a renovation. We need to install, because FIFA insists on it, uh, actual grass to get rid of the artificial turf. And, and I'm told we have to find a place to store the actual grass when it's not in use. So, you know, it, it's expensive. Uh, Anybody say, who's watched the documentary about FIFA on Netflix, which I highly recommend to people, you, we are not, we're dealing with the Rolls Royce of organizations here. There is nothing well, on the cheap that about was this. The Olympic, I always thought that was the International Olympic Committee that was an imperial world onto itself, which when you decide you're going to host the Olympics, they tell you how you're going to run things. No, that's FIFA, yeah. Uh, But it turns out FIFA's even worse than that. And and I I was looking through uh, my files uh, that I've been keeping on this one, Simi, because I know this is going to be one of those gifts that keeps on giving. The New York Times had a fascinating piece the other day, just, just this year, all of that, all of those attempts by the United States to actually convict FIFA officials for corruption, yeah, virtually all those cases have collapsed. Um, even though you know that's the theme of a lot of the coverage that FIFA FIFA is a world unto itself, and uh, you know has its own view of what is and is not acceptable. Uh, apparently, all those uh, cases in the United States, uh, owing to flaws in American law and overreach by American authorities, uh, most of those cases are in danger or have already collapsed. So, but you know. Uh, I, another thing that jumps out of the files on this, Simi, is it's not just Toronto where the city government has been more open. Uh, Seattle, Bob Mackin, a Breaker News, has done uh, several stories on the fact that the contracts are open down in Seattle. The details are a lot more open uh, down there. Far more open than we've ever been up here. And Simi, uh, if I were to ask you, What official in the current NDP government (laughs) preached the importance of openness and transparency around the 2010 Olympics? What would your guess be? Well, first of all, I love your sarcasm. And don't let anybody ever tell you otherwise, because I'm going to go out on a limb here and understanding how irony works. I'm going to say David Eby. Good guess. Good guess. Somebody (laughs) actually sent me actual quotes from David Eby on CKNW, of course. Back when he was David Eby, crusading lawyer and critic of governments, saying it was really important that you know you're going to host a major international event like the Olympics, you be open and transparent to the people of British Columbia about what it's going to cost, and you do it upfront. You don't wait until the celebration is over to hand the bill over to taxpayers. So that was what this, that was then. This is now. Uh, the New Democrats still have plenty of time to get that ballpark estimate out and then tell us all the other things we need to know about the cost so that we can enjoy the celebration without having sticker shock after it's over. Von Palmer from the Vancouver Sun, because we're trying to figure out more about some of the things that the premier kind of just says, Vaughn, right? And then you try to find out what's actually really going on there. 
Yeah, so the Premier is, uh, was out uh, this week talking about the UK doctors recruitment. Right. So British Columbia's got these big billboards, which um, Sun has one of them in the paper today. Uh, this is the deal. Uh, you know, we are saying this is a great place to come and practice medicine. And David Eby's giving an example of BC's aggressive efforts. Uh, to get more doctors and, you know, doctors in the UK are unhappy. Uh, they're not happy with the government there. So it's a good time to be recruiting. Um, it's always good to hear what the government thinks is important about what it's doing. And that was reported. However, I give the credit to my colleague, Katie DeRosa at the Vancouver Sun. She phoned a broker who actually does uh, attract doctors from other countries and sets them up here. And the broker told her that, you know, it's all very well for British Columbia to be doing this, but stories in the Vancouver Sun today, British Columbia is one of the toughest jurisdictions in the world for a doctor from some other country to relocate to. There are so many hurdles that a UK doctor now has to jump through that, as the broker said, it is not just a matter of getting onto the plane that the doctors have tried to do it. If anybody in the UK decides to talk to them, they're not going to be happy with what they hear. They, uh, yes, British Columbia is a wonderful place to practice medicine. And yes, uh, we're offering a lot of money, double according to the government. But this is not a great place to come and try to practice medicine because there are so many bureaucratic hurdles that despite the government's many promises have not yet been removed. Hmm, that's so interesting because I think that's also doctors of BC, right? Because they have yeah. to get permission, or for, I guess the college. For, doctors here have to also work towards yeah. making that happen. Yeah, and the federal government is part of the problem. And we've heard already that Canadians who go to medical schools outside Canada and get a, a degree can't find residency uh, positions back here in Canada. There's a whole range of obstacles, but you know, it wouldn't take very many doctors to get here from the UK and go through the experience of actually how difficult it is to actually practice for word to get back to the UK. Forget it, right? It's it's a trap. So I, I found that quite interesting. Um, on another healthcare matter, Simi, if you don't mind, you and I talked earlier this week about the implications for BC of the new federal pharmacare program. Yes, that's right. So I had a chat with Health Minister Adrian Dix yesterday, and he said a couple of things. He said from what he's seen so far from Ottawa and his understanding of how it will work, he sees no reason why BC will lose any control over Pharmacare, which is a made in BC program. Dix will still be, a, be able to add drugs to the list of things that are covered. He'll still be able to tell pharmacists uh, that they can start dispensing. He we can add and subtract things. Uh, you may remember those MPIC, the controversy over that. Uh, he said, yes, it'll be subject to negotiation with Ottawa. But he said his understanding of the way it, is, it will work is that Ottawa will simply become the funding source first in line. So where drugs are covered by the province, say 50% or 70%, which is the case with some, the federal government will top that up to 100%, and they'll have a list of agreed-upon drugs that they'll do that for, so diabetic medicine, right. contraceptives, and all that. But it was interesting to talk to Dix. He said, you know, um, 
Alberta wants to opt out. Another province wants to opt out. You know, that's their choice. But he said, from what he's seen so far, he sees no reason why British Columbians should be concerned that this is going to impair provincial government autonomy in managing pharmacare. And in fact, he says he thinks Ottawa will take some direction from BC in terms of what works and what doesn't work with pharmacare. It's one of the best programs in the country. Okay, here's what I don't understand, Vaughn, about this. I saw these two, I saw NDP leader Jagmeet Singh talking about how he believes the provinces that are concerned, uh, they'll likely opt in eventually. And I thought, well, wait a minute. Why, why didn't you talk to them ahead of time? If you knew that a few provinces already had this, why not talk to them, get them on board, figure out the best way to do this, and then negotiate from a place of strength with the federal government and say, I've already talked to them. Here's, it's all done. Here's all you have to do. Like, show some leadership. Yeah, no, he, he's actually an MP from British Columbia, too. Exactly, exactly. Sometimes act like it. But yeah, he could have taken Adrian Dix down there with him and said, hey, look, uh, British Columbia's already got all this figured out. Uh, opting out, Alberta is Alberta, right? Like, of course, Alberta yeah. Quebec, for their own reasons, I'm sure Quebec will opt out. They always do, right? And they'll have their own program, but they'll still get the federal funding, right? That was the one thing Dix said is subject to negotiation. He said, if Ottawa is putting more money into coverage of some drugs and pharmaceuticals on the list, that he hopes and expects that British Columbia will get that money as well on a per capita basis. And he said that will be subject to negotiation and the negotiations haven't started yet. So, you know, he's holding back the possibility that there'll be some wrestling with Ottawa before BC gets its fair share. But I was struck, given Dix's in-depth knowledge of healthcare programs and how they work, uh, it was a pretty good briefing yesterday for the news media on why BC is not likely to opt out and why BC is generally encouraged uh, that this new program at the federal level is a good thing for British Columbia as well. Mm-hmm. So interesting. All right, Vaughn, thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye, Simi. That is Vaughn Palmer there from the Vancouver Sun. If you want to weigh in, Simi at cknw.com.